0: Hey, listen, welcome to the Hey Listen Games cast. This is episode 87. My name is Jeffrey Morris. I'm here with Nathan Wagner. 8 and 7 makes 15. This is not episode 15, Nathan. Are you sure? I think it's 87. I think Nathan is 15 years old. Um, (laughs) Also with us today is Rob Douglas.
1: I feel like giving Nathan the age of 15 is giving him a little bit more credit than he's doing. I, I think we're looking more at
0: like seven or five.
2: <laughs> uh, maybe eight or seven.
0: Next eight time, or seven. Next time you stream something on Twitch and you're failing, you should like ask your audience how old they think you are and like see where your skill skill level is for your age. Yeah, as well. yeah, yeah. That'd be a fun, fun question. But, uh, anyways. make you feel better about yourself. <laughs> no, Nathan is actually uh, pretty good at uh, burnout. We, we were playing some burnout this weekend and, uh, he oh, yeah. took me down oh, yeah. and, uh, we had a little rivalry going for a while, so, gotta give him nice. credit there. Nice. But, uh, yeah, kind of, kind of in honor of, uh, Burnout Paradise Remastered, um, one of our uh, favorite racing games, uh, coming out this last week. We will be talking about just kind of our favorite racing games, um, in general, so we'll be talking about that in our main segment today, but, uh, before we do that, we do have some news, and uh, Rob, uh, your return brings with you a new goodie for our fans. Uh, what what are you bringing in your uh, your goodie bag uh, today? My goodie basket? <laughs> I feel like the Easter Bunny. The
2: Easter
1: Bunny? Easter um, Robbie. The Easter Robbie.
0: Easter. The
1: Easter Robbie. <laughs> okay, so this time around, we're going to be giving away a Snake Pass for uh, the PC, uh, Steam, library as usual uh we we give away a lot of steam games maybe sometime in the future we'll try and get some switch games to give away that'd be cool Um, but we're giving away snake pass on steam it is a super cool puzzle game i know jeff you put a lot of time into this one and really
0: enjoyed it i it was my first indie game i actually bought on the uh on the Switch, and so I have really good memories of playing that when the Switch first came out. and I just had like Zelda to play, <laughs> And so yeah, we are
2: we are recording this on the first day of spring. And is it a is it a good spring game?
0: Oh, it's totally. A good spring oh yeah, game. yeah, yeah. It's, it's, lots it's of got David Wise music, like the Donkey Kong composer yeah. did all the music. So it's got really, really uh, great music, and it's pretty relaxing. The control scheme takes a little while to get used to. Um, the checkpoint system can be uh, a little hard at times, but. Once you're wrap your wrap your uh, head around how the controls work, it's, uh, it's a lot of fun. So
2: Wrap yeah. your head around it? I'm sorry. Wow. I'm sorry. I'm a dad, so
0: I have to do dad jokes now. <laughs> but. But yeah, so Snake Pass, uh, we're going to be giving that away a uh, free copy. Uh, just check our Twitter, at Halison underscore games. We'll have a tweet up there. Um, just got to make sure you're following us and give that a retweet, and you will be entered in there to win it. So, uh yeah, so good luck. Follow us on Twitter, and we will be announcing the winner of that on next week's show. So you have about a week week to enter that one. Um, so, our next news piece here is big surprise to everyone in the gaming industry. A new Tomb Raider game has been announced. It's called Shadow of the Tomb Raider. Did you guys know that beforehand? Wow. I've never I heard didn't of, know that of this, this, was this game ever before. Coming out. This is such a <laughs> shock and awe. No, uh, Square Enix okay. <laughs> finally uh, officially kind of announced the uh, new Tomb Raider game uh, titled Shadow of the Tomb Raider, is uh, is coming out uh, this fall, and it is the third and kind of final trilogy to this kind of you know rebooted Tomb Raider series with Laura's origin story. And the have funny they thing actually is,
1: said that it's the final one?
0: Uh, they said it's yeah the climactic third entry to Laura's origin story. That's what the okay the okay said. And uh, the funny thing is, is we actually knew that uh, before they officially announced this a couple of days ago, because if you guys remember back in October, we talked about on the show, I believe that uh, someone took a picture of someone working on a PowerPoint presentation on a, uh, in the subway where Square Enix, like the city where Square Enix is, I think it's in Canada or something like that, like Montreal. Yeah. I think. And uh, they, they, they saw the little logo in this PowerPoint called Shadow of the Tomb Raider. And it was this big thing with all these bullet points about the game. So... We've known this game since October. Then they kind of said, "Yeah, we're working on a game." A month later, and then a couple of days before this teaser went live, uh, people found source code in the website that announced it was coming out in PC, Xbox One, and PS4, and what the release date was, and like what the like basically the press release for the game. Too. So we knew all everything else and, came before it even got announced. And the teaser trailer, yeah, the, the teaser and the trailer teaser trailer got leaked. Like there was footage, like shaky film cam of bootleg but- like footage of this uh, game getting announced before. So I hadn't even watched a teaser trailer till just right now before the- we started recording uh, because just there had been so many leaks. I just kept hearing things about it. I just kind of lost interest. So this <laughs> is, I think, yeah. a case where a leak has kind of been bad for the game in a way. But Yeah, I
2: definitely, like, when they when you said there was a teaser trailer that came out today, I was like, didn't they already like announce the game like a couple months ago? Like, yeah. I literally was <laughs> yeah, like, exactly. "Oh, I didn't even realize it hadn't been officially announced yet." So yeah, that kind of surprised just me. Got
1: destroyed by leaks. Yeah. Do
2: you guys what? What do you think the percentage that um, the game was announced was originally supposed to come out with the movie, and then when it wasn't doing very well before it released with critics, mm, they're yeah. like. Uh, we'll wait a week.
0: Yeah, I think I think that's a that's a good estimate because the game is coming yeah. out September. It's September fourteenth of this year, mm-hmm. yep. um, and the cool thing is it is coming out for all consoles. The you know the original one was all systems, but then the second one, Rise of the Tomb Raider, was an Xbox One exclusive for a year. But this one is you know coming coming to everything not Switch, but coming to uh, PS4, Xbox One, and PC. And then I think they really learned doing... their lesson from.
1: Because releasing on just one system kinda killed it, especially well, the Xbox And it came out the same day
2: engine. as Fallout Four. So yeah. <laughs> that was a problem yeah. as well. It did
0: did get overlooked and then by the time it did come to PS4, like they were asking people to spend sixty dollars on a game that had already been out for a year on another system that you could get for like ten bucks. So it was kind of in a weird spot. But yeah. I will say the PS4 edition does come with a cool art book and it's packaged really nice, but yeah, um, I definitely waited for it to hit twenty bucks. I didn't <laughs> didn't get it at all. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, we'll, we'll probably talk more about this uh, when they do the full unveiling. They can kind of just put a teaser trailer showing the lore. It's going to be in South America. And uh, it will be fully revealed on April 27th. Uh, are either you guys excited for this game? or um, I'm intrigued. I don't know if I'd say excited.
2: Okay. I, I've i only played, like, an hour of the first game in the trilogy. So I have a little bit of catching up to do before I can be too excited.
0: Did you play an hour because you just forgot about it? You lost um, track and did it not grip you? It anymore? was...
2: I I thought the beginning was interesting. But the first then, hour was pretty good. The yeah, the the beginning was interesting because you're like, it's really intense. You're trying to not drown for the yeah, first part like of it. Survival. And then, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But then I think once you get out of kind of that underground cave section or whatever, yeah, you're going through the beginning of the game, mm-hmm. I kind of lost interest after that. And I think I just put it down and never came back to it. So, gotcha. And it was on my PS3. And I was like, well, my PS3 died. <laughs>
0: uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, I I actually, I played it, I think Rob, uh, borrowed a copy for you for Xbox, and then when I got my PS4, it was, the remaster was on sale, and so I I picked it up and really enjoyed the first one, but haven't finished the second one yet, I really like it, but I just need to get back to it, so. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. Anyways, uh, moving on to our next segment, or, not next segment, but next news piece. Uh, There was a Nindie Direct today, so not a full Nintendo Direct, but I'm kind of at the Game Developers Conference, Nintendo um, is really wanting to highlight a bunch of indies, so, they kind of did a short presentation, announced a bunch of new uh, indie games coming to the Nintendo Switch. So I thought we could just each maybe share about one game that we thought looks really cool um, that they announced. Um, Rob, you want to start? Yeah, I guess
1: mine's kind of cheating. <laughs> okay. Technically, it's three games.
2: Okay, okay, we'll, but, we'll allow uh, it. What, what
0: three games were announced?
1: Banner Saga. So, as if you follow the show a little bit, you know I played through uh, the first. I played through the first one halfway through the second one. I need to get back into the second one. I Got distracted by uh, Horizon Zero Dawn and Assassin's Creed Origins. <laughs> but I uh, I love these games. The art style is beautiful. The music is incredible. The story is awesome. The combat is super fun and satisfying. And the second one just catches you and drags you right back into it. And it's super cool. It picks up right off where the first one left off. So I'm really excited, and all three are coming to the Switch. Um, so and the, the third, third banners, one's not out
0: yet, right?
1: It's not out yet. It comes out the summer on all systems at the same time, which is pretty cool. That we, I think, this is one of the first games to be released on all the systems at the same time.
0: Yeah, it's pretty cool. A lot of time indie so. games, yeah, will just launch kind of on one platform at a time. Um, yeah, kind of to focus, <laughs> focus in on an uh, audience. So yeah, so Banner Saga three's coming, and then they're putting out the, uh, the first two games out on the Switch as well. And I know I've heard nothing but good things from you, Rob. So I think this is yeah. Good so for, uh, I'm really excited they'll the come out on
1: the Switch, and that's just this that's a good game to take on the go, also because you yeah. can just kind of pick up wherever and play a little bit and save it and go on. And it's kind of so. like a
0: story RPG type
1: game. Is that right? yeah yeah and you're journeying around. There's resource management. you got to keep track of like your soldiers and that sort of thing. And mm-hmm. uh, There's all sorts of little systems that they have put in there that are really fun and challenging, but it would be a really awesome game to have on the go, especially if cool. you have all three of them. You can just play through the whole trilogy. <laughs>
0: nice. Yeah, it is it's nice that they put out the first two games on there as well.
1: Yeah, um, especially but,
2: a story-based RPG like
0: yep. that. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
2: Nathan, what about you? Um... Uh, first, I just want to say I was a little un- underwhelmed by the direct. I mean, I wasn't hyping it t- up too much because I forgot it was today until I woke up. And- yeah, what the heck? There was no new Smash Bros. <laughs> character <or> reveal. <laughs> um, but they they announced all pretty much. I think all new games coming to the Switch and stuff like that. Like I I thought there was going to be some updates on some some. Games they had already said they're coming to Switch at some point, um, but we didn't hear anything about that. Yeah, like, so, like Wargroove,
0: Wargroove um, the the Pocket Punch, Pocket Fighter, po- Pocket game. Rumble, yeah. or something po- like Fighter, that. Pocket Fighter, I think it's yeah. called. Um, yeah, we didn't, didn't hear anything about So, that was a little bit disappointing.
2: Little but uh, the game I wanted to highlight is actually called, oh, whoopsies. <laughs> uh, it's called Reigns, uh, Kings and Queens. Um, and basically, mm-hmm. this is. There apparently was an original game called Reigns, and it there's a sequel um, called Reigns Her Majesty, and it kinds, combines both of them. And it's by Devolver Digital, and they have a pretty oh, good nice, track yeah. g- record. Oh,
1: yeah. Um, but basically,
2: it's report. a strategy game where you are a king, and it presents you with like choices you have to make from your subjects and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And it's pretty simple, I think. You just swipe left or right but based on whether you want to do this thing or not. And then... Those decisions will affect you going forward, and it couldn't end up like your reign ending and stuff like that, or you dying or getting killed. Or, yeah. Well, what yeah. What happens with that? Do you just start? The I think game you over, just start or? a new game over. Um, I'm not exactly so sure. It's like a There's robot, not. In a way? I think so. There's hmm. not a ton of information out for it. Um, but they had like a cool little trailer in the direct, and it looked pretty cool overall. Oh. So, I think cool. it looks like a fun, simple little game where. Um, it's just kind of an easy strategy game to play, which yeah, and the art style looks really cool too. Yeah, and there's
0: not a ton of strategy games out on the Switch right now, so I feel like that will fit nicely.
2: Yeah, and it's it's a ge- The reason it piqued my interest is because it's a I haven't ever seen anything quite like it before. Like it looks really really unique, um, mm. which I always appreciate. So. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. What about you, Jeff?
0: Um, I think the one I was most excited about <laughs> is called Bomb Chicken, <laughs> and I know it sounds ridiculous, but Bomb Chicken is basically like an action-based bomb platformer. So, like, you will play as this little fat chicken, and you go through these little levels um, where there's it's a lot of platforming with, like, platforms, short enemies. I think things shoot at you sometimes. Um, but all the puzzles and platforming is basically solved by laying bombs. You're a chicken, sibling, and eggs. You lay these giant bombs. So it reminds me of kind of, like, old-school Bomberman games. Like, I had Bomberman Pocket for the Game Boy, and it was kind of this 2D, like, platforming projector. Uh, perspective where you could jump as Bomberman and you'd go through levels and you'd lay bombs to reach higher areas like stacks of bombs and it totally reminds me of that and it just looks like it's really frantic a lot of different cool neat level design and you just play as this crazy chicken laying bombs and kicking them and throwing them in on switches making bomb towers and I'm kind of going to keep my eye on it I mean it looks like it could be really fun so it was definitely a game I never thought would ever exist so that was pretty cool <laughs>
2: Yeah, and it uh, it looks – the art style looks hilarious too.
0: Yeah, no, it, it looks totally comedic, but it also looks like there's a lot of intentional – it doesn't look like it's a crappy shovelware game. Like, yeah, maybe yeah, I think like there's
2: been a lot way, of so. – it looks like there's been a lot of care and work that's gone into
0: it. Yeah, so hopefully that one uh, turns out okay for us. Um, so our next news piece here is about one of our favorites. Uh, console exclusives that we've all been eagerly awaiting and we've heard about for many, many years. No, we're not talking about The Last of Us. We're talking about the other zombie game that people are going to get confused with The Last of Us. That's right. Days Gone has officially been delayed to 2019. So I think we And are we surprised? (laughs) No. Yeah, zero surprises here. I mean, Nathan, what's Uh, your thoughts on this? I thought...
2: I'm a... I'm a little surprised because I thought Sony would be like, we just have to get this zombie game out before The Last of Us 2 comes out because yeah. they're both kind of zombie games. So they would like yeah. be like, eh, just put it out, whatever. But as we've seen in the past, Sony kind of lets their studios take their time with it and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, Every Sony exclusive game gets is delayed. This is so... I it's feel true. bad because this is Sony Bend, um, and they haven't put out a game in 2012. So I can't see... Since 2012, Since yeah. 2012, yeah. Excuse me, since 2012. So that's... 2019 will make it seven years between games. I can't I mean, see this is s- almost
1: as bad as Breath of the Wild. Yeah,
2: exactly. <laughs> uh, I can't see a situation where this game comes out, and even if it's good and sells, you know, two, three million copies, it's mm-hmm. still like being able to make enough money back where Sony's like, yeah, you can make another game and and whatnot. So, yeah,
1: this uh, is this is this has been delayed so much and it's been so long in development, and uh, zombie games are. Still- Still kind of popular, but there's a definite fatigue. There's a fatigue, and this game is definitely trying to play into the frantic Walking Dead motorcycles and crossbows type
0: Mm -hmm. mentality, which well, and we still no one one cares. For knowing about this game for a while, we still don't really know a lot about it. we've seen a couple gameplay demos with like a bunch of zombies chasing Uh a guy. And, like, you can ride a motorcycle, but we still haven't really it's, seen what is the open world like. Like, how do missions... we have shows? seen zombie bears. Yeah. Yeah. So but we, we don't know what the actual snippets, kind of but...
2: mechanics are going to yeah. be in play. Like, besides just it's an open world game and you can... There's a ton of zombies. Yeah. So, still,
0: still a lot of questions about this. Um, but, like I said, not really that surprised. Do you, do you guys think... I, I know Spider-Man would come out this year and they push this one back. Yeah. So
2: Do you guys think it'll uh, show up at E3? Or do you think Sony wants to make know. people forget about it? I feel like it could I go silent
0: think... because they've already said Last of Us will be there. And I I, I have a hard time seeing them show Days Gone for their third year in a row yeah. for another boring demo and then, like, have Last of Us 2 in there. As yeah, well. I feel people like they could almost just
2: generate a bunch of negative press. Like, yeah. we saw this game again, it didn't look too much different, or we still don't know what it is. Yeah. Or so unless I think the only
1: way... Over. That Days Gone coming to E3 would be a good way, good idea is if they showcase like a story trailer rather than a teaser or gameplay or anything like that. Show a story trailer. Tell us what the story is about. Tell us what exactly you're trying. And the is goal the is. Good. Like, and is, is the story good? Like
0: quality? Like, I don't know.
2: I mean, hopefully it is because it's a motorcycle gang, yeah. <laughs>
0: but we'll see. I'll, yeah. All right, so we so. gotta quickly get through these last two news points, Rob.
1: All right, so uh h1z1 came out a couple years ago i believe it came out in 2013 or 14 um it's kind of a free range zombie type game um just the other week they announced that they're doing what's called auto royale so in kind of the battle Mm -hmm. royale sense you can now do it with cars and wait do you just
2: drive around in a car
0: yeah yeah
1: you do have weapons. Um, I'm not entirely sure how it works. I've never played H1Z1, okay. and I'm not entirely sure how the physics or that sort of thing works. But I do know that it, you can try it now. It is free to play, and it has gained 2.2 million people and players in the last two weeks, making it hit 10 million players.
0: That's good. I i mean, i am I'm glad that they're doing that, and it's working for them at this point, but, like... I feel like the ship has already sailed and Fortnite has already taken the world by storm. And Yeah, I wonder, how, yeah missed, I wonder how sustainable that, that is, I yeah. guess. Well, like, and part of the reason, I think, behind
1: the free-to-play with H1Z1 is it's a very... It's not quite the same, but it has similar feel to PUBG as well as um, State of Decay. And State yeah. of Decay 2 just came out, so unless H1Z1 amping up for something bigger coming here in the future... Uh, going to free to play is kind of a last ditch effort. Hey, please yeah, play I think like they were game. kind
0: of forced into it because of because of the rest of the market. But I mean, I I'm not going to try it, but I don't know, Rob, are you going to going to try it now that it's free? I'm kicking the idea around. It is an
1: online multiplayer and you guys all know how I feel about online <laughs> multiplayers. But I have I, I feel like I might jump in, try a round or two just to see if it is like how okay. desperate they are at this point and then <laughs> You, yeah, you're going to have some
0: pity games? <laughs> play a couple games pity games, yeah. yeah, Play, right. play, play around for pity.
2: Auto, Auto Royale just gave me a great idea, guys. What? Next Mario Kart. <laughs> battle mode. Battle <laughs> mode Royale. Battle mode. Oh but, um, they, Mario they Kart. They can put like, a Battle
0: Royale in almost like, every video game. Yeah. Like, I, it's true. It's I, I, I want to see uh, all, the, all these games that make work. I mean, that's maybe, what the original Mario Kart for, um... 64
2: was, basically. Except you got to turn it into a bomb. Yeah,
0: it's true. Yeah. Um, I want to see maybe. a Kirby uh, Royale where you just run around sucking people up, getting bigger and bigger until there's just one massive Kirby <laughs> who sucked all other their 99 in at the end. Oh, <laughs> oh, no. I really like that idea. That's an awesome yeah. No, so you, you can put on anything. Any good I, I feel
1: like work. maybe here in an episode coming up here, we'll have a Battle Royale oh, yeah. a good idea. day. Decide what games would make the best Battle <laughs> Royales. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Let us know on Twitter if you got got a good idea. I, I
2: have, have an Royale. idea. It won't be any Assassin's Creed game.
0: Nope. <laughs> oh, gosh. Um, all right. So uh, our last news piece here is um, Amazon uh, Twitch Prime uh, has been a pretty successful program. Uh, it's basically yeah. if you have an Amazon Prime account, uh, since they own Twitch, you can basically log in there, get some free goodies every month, and uh, also you know uh, give a free five dollar follow to uh, different streamers every month. So it's uh, been a really cool program, and they've kind of stepped up their game on these uh, free game giveaways. And so uh, this uh, month you can get super hot. Oxenfree, mr shifty shadow tactics tales from the candle keep uh tomb of annihilation so um a lot of really good games right there like i've heard really good things yeah. it's super hot um i know uh jaeger was playing Oxenfree and was enjoying that one mr shifty i've heard good things that came out in the switch um early on so. shadow
1: tactics gotten some good reviews i don't know tales from candle keep but i i downloaded all of them i have twitch prime nice. and so i got all of them
0: so I'll, I'll try them out here sometime in the next yeah. few months so- so like no
2: you won't they start with t that'll be like five
0: years (laughs) uh do do they like go into your like steam or do you have to launch it through like a different application no twitch
1: has its own app so it's kind of like a steam app it's kind of like a steam program but you get them through twitch Uh, that's actually that's actually where i have banner saga 2 okay um and i you just have to launch the twitch app instead it's kind of like you play or uh origins okay um and it's just straightforward. It's really easy to get them. All you do is you click, and you have them for life.
0: Yeah. Sweet. So definitely so. check that out if you uh, uh, have a uh, PC capable of running those um, games. And then they also announced on starting April first, they are going to have Tales from the Borderlands, SteamWorld Dig Two, and uh, Kingsway Tokyo 42 and Dub War. So just like Tales from the Borderlands and SteamWorld Dig Two, like alone, like those are two amazing, it. amazing games that I bought when they first came out and loved both of them. So, like, this is just really awesome. Like, I really hope this, you know, keeps up because this is just a and really just cool And just remember, program. how many of us have Amazon
1: Prime? Like, literally every <laughs> single person pretty much has Amazon Prime because where else would we get our really cheap shipping? and <laughs> Unless you live
2: stuff, in Hawaii or Alaska. I'm sorry to our, our followers. I'm there. sorry. <laughs> yeah.
1: Hawaii and Alaska. We will... Uh,
0: pour one out for yeah, you yeah definitely take <laughs> advantage of this so if you have amazon prime or if you're like me like i kind of like share like a family amazon prime account but like i was able uh-huh. you know to use use that login like that my i think my technically under my mom's name and i was able to log in and get those games so definitely you know get these games um and ch- check it out if you have amazon prime it's free um so segment two uh, we're gonna be talking all about racing games uh we're kind of kicking around some ideas for the show, and we thought, you know, we haven't really given racing games a lot of love on the show. I feel like it kind of gets overlooked. I mean, racing games definitely aren't as popular as they used to be. Yeah. But uh, we thought we'd uh, go a little nostalgic here, just kind of talk about our favorite multiplayer racing game first. We're gonna talk about favorite single player in a minute, but first, let's start off. What is your guys' favorite like multiplayer racing game? Like, if you have a bunch of people all together in a room or online mm-hmm. playing against each other, um, what is the go-to best racing game to play?
2: the sonic the hedgehog board game on the gamecube board game no not the no uh what was it called there's like a sonic the hedgehog but you're like riding on rails it's like a race oh sonic game. riders sonic riders thank riders. you oh, yes oh I, I can't like tell if you're serious game. or not no 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 there was a point like i think it was in middle school where me and my friend got obsessed with that game and played it like every day for a month straight or wow. something like that this is a serious answer Yeah, uh, it's not, like, my favorite, but it's kind of a unknown, yeah, have really good memories of it. There was a lot of good
0: racing games in that game. There There were, yeah, yeah.
2: It was super over the top. It was really, um, you know, kind of really different from a lot of other racing games where, you know, there's lots of kind of different crazy tracks you're going on. You're going upside down and all this Mm. stuff because it's Sonic, so
0: it's a cool game. Crazy that you're saying that because when that game got announced, I'm like, oh, really? They're making a dumb hoverboard sonic game and i was super into sonic at that point like, yeah i had all the other sonic gamecube games that's like i even got sonic heroes for pete's sake that game was terrible <laughs> but like after sonic heroes i'm like okay i'm done with sonic and i never picked that yeah. game up and no so that game that game is
2: it. that game is really awesome it's a lot of fun okay
0: cool um rob what about you
1: mario kart 64 but you talk about you know video game systems that had really good racing games. The 64, uh, honestly, had some of the best out yeah, there.
0: Yeah. No, for sure. That, and that's when I remember 3D you know four, started. Kind yeah, of, four it player explosive. co-op.
1: Those awkward 64 controllers <laughs> sitting around a TV. You only got like you know four feet on each cord. You're all are huddled you a, right next to each other. Are you a battle
0: mode guy or a versus guy in Mario Kart 64?
1: I like a little bit of both. I like to bounce back and forth. Like you, okay. you got to balance it out. You got to do some verses, <laughs> and you got to, you know, run your toads, or your Yoshi's, and get you know burn some people in the dust. And then you got to switch over to like Wario <laughs> or Donkey Kong or Bowser, yes. and then the just heavy, blow just people out. You know, be, be a heavy. the heavy.
2: Now, exactly. do you play when you play Mario Kart 64? Do you play no shortcuts, or do you do you play shortcuts like with glitches <laughs> or glitches? Oh. <laughs> yeah.
1: Um. The other day, so the my brothers have a 64, and they brought it down. And we were playing, and on Rainbow Road, I I announced the right jump. before the game, right before the game starts, like, okay, everybody has to try the jump the first <laughs> yes. ra- lap, you know. And uh, my youngest brother made it. The rest wow. of us just missed it completely. Up <laughs> Rose. So yeah, that's awesome. We, uh, you know, but I I like you got to have some shortcuts. You got to throw them in every once in a while, and they're fun. You know, the rage of watching someone cut in front of you and going,
0: wait, what? <laughs> yeah. You no, know, Mario Kart sixty four I think is at the top of most people's list. That one is uh, such an such an iconic uh racing game. I my dad still like quotes uh Mario Kart sixty four, because like, remember Mario would like announce all the different modes. He'd go like Battle like when you start the battle mode. Oh but my yeah. dad like loves that quote. <laughs> he'll just randomly go battle <laughs> like uh, when we're doing stuff. Oh, that's hilarious. But yeah, that's no, awesome. it, Mario Kart sixty four great choice, Rob. Um I think for my favorite multiplayer, I'm gonna have to go with the uh I don't know if you'd call it a competitor or a follow-up, but uh, Diddy Kong Racing for the N64. Yep, um, yep. I that you was were gonna say that. Yeah, that was one that <laughs> me and my brothers played as much as Mario Kart 64. I remember uh, watching the videotape I rented from Blockbuster that showed like a preview of it from like inside the Nintendo headquarters, like a brand new game with a story mode and adventure and multiplayer. And it, it was really fun because, you know, you had the three different vehicles you could choose. Um, but it also had this amazing mode where you had to, uh, basically grab eggs from the middle of the level with an airplane and bring oh, it back yeah. up to like your little nest and they would like hatch and you could steal eggs from other people and you could like guard yours or go steal from someone else's. And it was just this really cool, like strategic game that me and like my family played all the time growing up. And like, still like anytime we put in Diddy Kong racing, we just like automatically go to that little like egg, <laughs> egg stealing mode. Cause it was just such a. Such a fun idea. But yeah, I'm going to go Diddy Kong Racing because that was really fun. The, the verses, like races, weren't quite as good as Mario Kart 64, but they had some really fun kind of battle mode stuff with the. Yeah, and
2: players. you could be a plane or a boat or a Or a cart? Right? Yeah, uh, so ahead.
0: three. You could even kind of choose. So, like, like I could choose a plane course- and you could choose a cart on the same level, yeah. which was pretty cool. There's different yeah. shortcuts and boosts for you. They each all mark. had the
1: same speed and, or relatively close to the same yeah. speed, so and no was, one had like an advantage or.
0: Yeah. yeah, and it had all those awesome, like rareware, like early character designs with all the animals and some really fun, fun music. I think Grant Kirkhope did the music for that game, so um, yeah, but really good music too. So those are our favorite multiplayer racing games. You can go play any of these games today, and there will still be a blast um but what was your guys favorite kind of like single player game what was a racing game that you guys kind of settled into and played played a lot on your own maybe there was a story mode or maybe you just really enjoyed doing time trials or playing on your own what do you guys think
1: uh,
2: i'm going back and forth between two okay uh rob can start yeah go, go ahead rob
1: all right so um mine again is for the 64
2: uh oh, star
1: wars Episode one. Do you think Rob, wait, wait, hang on, Rob.
2: <laughs> Do you, would you like video games if you had never played a Nintendo 64 before? Cause I, I'm starting to think you wouldn't even know what they were. If...
1: <laughs> so when I was a kid, I had a computer and I had a, a Nintendo 64 so you can tell, I still play Age of Empires too because
0: that was one of the biggest <laughs> computer games. The I one had like favorite had games years. of all time are like from the '64 era, or they're like random Steam games he's got in the last five years. Like, That's true. Those are just, Sorry, those are just I totally cut you off. It's what? true. Well, What's I mean, nowadays I have like Mass Effect and Assassin. Well,
1: Mass Effect huh? Assassin's Creed, <laughs> and you know some other ones. I've expanded my Horizon. Yeah. Dawn. So wait, we've already <laughs> talked about Diddy Kong and Mario Kart. What, what other one are you talking about? So. Star Wars, episode one, pod racing. Mm. I put so much time into this, (laughs) mostly because, you know, you could play multiplayer. I think the most you could do was two players. so You could play against someone else, which was fun and all, but really we played this for the single player. We played this to see if we could unlock levels. We played this to beat Mm. the the main uh, star of every track and unlock them and everything. I unlocked everything in that game.
2: You did? Wow! I, I only try, unlocked the fourth level. Every I thought character. there was only... When I was a kid playing this game, I thought there was only four levels. <laughs> four races in the game They're because I wasn't, game four I wasn't good enough to, like, I guess get first place or whatever you had to do to unlock the <laughs> yeah. rest of the levels. So I thought that I only played, like, the first four levels.
1: That's funny. Oh, man. It took me so long. There were a couple near the end that took me so long. Like, I got so... <laughs> like, I would rage quit sometimes because it just... I'd do the same track over and over and over and over again. Like, I think there was one track that it took me like thirty or forty times to beat.
0: No, yeah, because wow. you would just barely crash a wall and you would like blow up like instantly. Yeah, and, get and it gets even so harder as you
1: get higher up. To get into some of the harder ones and near the end, you, yeah. it gets even well, harder. Some of the you levels have to do are it, so like, long Absolutely
0: too. perfect. Yeah. No, yeah. That's, they start that's getting a...
1: like super unique because they'd have like tracks where they would like. Jump off of this, and then you have to land perfectly on this spot. And then there's like sharp corners; so you have to drift and all this stuff. And it got really challenging. Who was and, who was
0: your favorite racer to play as? Um, Do you remember? I can't even remember what his name was. I remember mine was Mars Guo. For some reason, Mars Guo was my favorite, <laughs> even though he's like in like I think the movie for like half a second. Was that like
2: the green guy?
0: Yeah, he had like a green crocodile on this giant brown like helmet thing.
2: Oh yeah, okay.
0: I want to say his
1: name started with an n and i i, I yeah. don't know i, I Perry, know a couple of names you guys go that. on ahead and i will look it I'll up. Look him no, up
0: i had that game actually for pc it was one of the few pc games my dad had for some reason <laughs> and we had this like old joystick thing that my uncle gave us so i had this like little racing joystick which was mm-hmm. really cool to like try to control it with But our Windows, like, 98 was so slow and bad it was running at, like, 10 frames per second. Oh, no. (laughs) I would just crash, like, every 10 seconds. It was, like, impossible to play. And so I didn't have a super good relationship with that game until, you know, I played on 64 years later. (laughs) And the cartridge ran a little better for me.
2: That's hilarious. Nice. Um, I'm going to say my favorite single-player racing game is uh, Need for Speed Most Wanted 2. Oh, okay, nice. And this is actually, I think, because it was the first, like... Which
0: one was that, like?
2: That was the one with sense. the re- yellow car on the front okay. with the police car <laughs> chasing after it. Um it was What, what system? Uh, I think it was like GameCube, PS2. I actually played it on so computer. Still that, that early generation. Yeah, still yeah. and it was relatively early. Um but it was kind of the first you know realistic racer I played that wasn't super over the top. Yeah. Um besides Ridge Racer on 64. Um but the the thing about that game was it had I don't even remember any other parts besides, like, the cop chase parts. And that was the game where you just had to kind of finish the race without, yeah, basically without getting caught by the cops. And um, you could, like, take them down and knock them out of the way and stuff like that. And I had so, so much fun doing that. And I just spent hours. I think, I actually assumed there was multiplayer since it was on PS2 um, and GameCube and all that stuff. Mm. But I don't even remember playing multiplayer. I just remember playing Hours yeah, and I hours of single player.
0: I, f- I feel like it, at least I feel like those early ones might have only been single player. I think, yeah. But mm. a lot of time in those they may have been split screen. But yeah, I I remember we had it on Xbox and uh, uh-huh. me and my brother we would just switch off on our files, making single player. I just loved the car customization. That I made like this really cool like Spider Man like themed car, and you had like the underglow and the tinted windows. Yeah, that was that was really fun. To mess around with uh, the customization options. Yeah, yeah, that's a good pick. Um, for me, I. I'd kind of toss in between two as well. I feel like I have to talk about F-Zero just because, you know, I'm the F-Zero guy <laughs> on the show. Nintendo, making new F-Zero yep. already. Um, but no, I I didn't play that game very much multiplayer. That was a single-player game because it had a whole adventure mode with cutscenes and different tier challenges that were, like, near impossible. So, like, which, I was... Which being F-Zero my... are you talking about? Oh, F-Zero GX uh, for the GameCube. The GameCube yeah, one, yeah, yeah.
2: okay. So the, that was the last one to come out, that right?
0: One, uh, unless you count the 2006 game boy one game boy Advance one based off the anime which doesn't really count okay um so yeah last year left zero and you know, yeah it was it was really really polished I had tons of awesome characters i loved you know getting into the lore of that world and just looking at all the weird crazy characters and uh finding all the different cutscenes, unlocking uh new car parts and customizing but um yeah there was just a lot to do especially for a racing game like there's you know typically not a ton to do in racing games so there was a ton of secrets they hidden, hid, like, 10 secret characters in that game. I only unlocked, I think, one of them. Like That's how oh. hard they were to unlock. Um, but, yeah, so that's probably my pick. But I also have to give a shout-out to Mario Kart for the DS. Um, I was, like, obsessed with Mario Kart DS because there was uh, that's when they introduced the star rating for Grand Prix. And so, like, if you got... St- A certain amount of stars on every Grand Prix would show next year online rank, and so me and my friends would like want to you know have the bragging rights of look, I'm a three star profile online when you race me. So we would do that. We'd send time trials back and forth to each other and challenge each other, and then still to this day, I think that's the best single player Mario Kart game because they added a mission mode to it, and so there was, I think over like 20 different like mission levels that you also got rated on stars. Where you like, there's one you had to fight the little. The big bully from uh, Mario Kart 64, and like push him off the stage with items. There was ones where you were like had to get really big or small, and just really weird, crazy challenges that have never been in a Mario Kart game for some reason since then. But I really enjoyed uh, uh, playing that game single player as well as multiplayer, obviously. But yeah, that's that was a that was a really good one. It's underlooked, I think, in the Mario Kart. Uh, history. Mario
2: that was the uh, that was the first like Nintendo Wi Fi game.
0: It was yeah, it was the first Wi Fi right? game, so people forget about the single player part. Yeah. And that was also the first Mario Kart to include legacy tracks as well. So it had you know fifteen new tracks but also had fifteen old tracks brought back for the game. Mm. Every Mario Kart before that had only had, you know, fifteen new or tracks. so levels. That's awesome. Yeah. Love Mario Kart DS. Um, so I thought we'd kinda of end uh, this segment just kinda of talking in general, like what do you guys look for in racing games? You know, I kinda of talked about F-Zero. One reason I love that is just there's such weird, bizarre, like, crazy characters and it makes that game so unique. You know, I look at other games, like, I've read out, you know, Fast fast Racing uh, Remix and stuff and, like, they're, like, fun and it has similar gameplay but it doesn't have, like, the soul and the weird characters and just really... Fun art design and memorable characters and stuff in the game. So I really love crazy characters. That's the reason why I think Crazy Taxi sticks out in my mind too. Like, cuz he plays like this crazy like Jamaican dude. Like as you'd go around like a city and like the weird things all the people would say as you're going through. Like oh my gosh, like you know just all yeah, that all those weird things. And that. So then yeah. you know obviously just having interesting worlds too. Like I've always been turned off of realistic sim games because it looks boring. Like oh I'm on a racetrack with grass around me or like. You know, nothing yeah. really there, but you know, you go through Mario Kart or like Burnout Paradise like we've been playing and there's just so much to do and so many different things to see in different locales and um stuff like that. But uh what do you guys think? What do you what are you guys looking for in racing games? Um kind of some very really
1: similar things. I really look for kind of good characters, crazy characters are a bonus. So kinda of like, you know, Mario Kart, uh Diddy Kong Racing, Star Wars Pod Racing, mm-hmm. which I remember who I named as Bullseye Navoir. <laughs> okay, there you go. Yeah, no, I was characters like, a...
0: is always so much fun in racing games. that
1: Yeah, I think that's important: is that you actually have something you're fighting for. It's not just like you have a boss that you fight, and when you or uh, the main course track guy, and when you beat him, you get like uh his car or mm-hmm. you unlock him. And I think that's important to have in a racing game, as well as good level design. You you mentioned um kind of the boring modern sim type racing games i played one not too long ago and it was the super long track and it was super realistic and the car handled really realistically and i got bored about halfway through the track yeah and quit okay i gotta
2: i I gotta step in because my and fight you guys because uh (laughs) My right, second right. favorite single-player game, and it's not really all that good of a game, but I loved it, It was a Need for Speed The Chase, which came out back in, like, 2013 yeah. or 2012 mm-hmm. or something like that. It was a Need for Speed game where you were racing across the United States. So you started in San Francisco, and you drove through, like, San Francisco, and then you raced, like, all across different parts of the United States. So you, like, yeah. went through the Rockies in Colorado, and you went through Las Vegas, so like, you went through Chicago. USA. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah, like, <laughs> but, Arcady. like, I, like all of those the reason i i loved it and i thought it was so cool and i like i think it's the only need for speed game i've ever bought like i think i bought it like at launch or right around launch or something like that and um the reason i was so excited about it and the reason i enjoyed it so much is because you race through all of these different real life um areas and i thought it was a really cool way to kind of mix up things and have tell an interesting like the story wasn't actually very good but like being able to kind of see real life well, like, locations that and stuff goes along like that with was interesting really, worlds, really like
0: neat. that sounds like they made it really interesting to go around and you went to these real life locales that are really yeah. interesting. I when I when I say interesting worlds, I mean more stuff like that. Like, that sounds pretty interesting to me. But yeah. like a lot of racing games, like will just have your bland sand level, your bland you know, ice level, your bland just generic racetrack track. Um, and so I'm really looking for something to really make that game stand okay. out and make it okay. different. Yeah, that's, I think of like I mean. um,
1: Gran Turismo or um, uh, Well, Forza. and those are all like... A lot of those... simulations.
2: Games yeah. and therefore a certain set of people who yeah. like I think it's a different audience
0: sure. want to be it able is. to
2: basically feel what it would be almost exactly like as real as possible to drive that car and drive it around and at a race
0: like yeah. at a race track like real are, life
1: race car. Yeah,
2: <laughs> I don't think any of us are, are that audience. So no, I and can so when understand
1: I that. I I agree. Like cruising USA was a super fun game back arcades in, uh, and six and all Because you do triple
0: backflips over uh, yeah. cars in front in of you a,
1: <laughs> in a school bus. Yeah, <laughs> but. I I like it to not just be, oh, look, they're turning left. Sorry, NASCAR fans. Um, <laughs> Dude. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Take <laughs> this back.
2: One of my favorite uh, – I don't even know if it was it – multiplayer because I played against my dad. Yep. NASCAR Racing 2 on the computer. <laughs> I My dad, I think, bought me this game, and I've never, like – I don't think I've ever watched a NASCAR racing car in my life. But I played that game a ton because the best thing to do is you just drive around the track backwards and try and create the biggest crashes possible. And then there was like See, a replay camera so you could replay watching your, your huge crashes. You would go. Like you get, crash yeah, you and go up like. Car exactly. But you like See, go backwards. So you create like these like 30 car pileups. And it was awesome. So that sounds fun.
1: <laughs> See, that's brilliant yes <laughs> the fact that they let you do that just makes it so much more satisfying yes you do have definitely. like to, uh
0: picking you up and putting you back on the track like Mario mark yes no. yeah <laughs> that's good
1: um and also uh one of the things particularly playing star wars pod racing a lot growing up it needs to have controls that feel satisfying like you feel like you actually can do stuff oh, yeah, you're sure. not Got, just gotta like be,
0: gotta be responsive you don't want to yeah, be fighting some controls
1: some early need to, for speed games had a lot of trouble in the control area, and they're still fun games, but they are a little bit more challenging to control. And even stars pod Racing, it took a really fine no, yeah, tuning sure. was, to get to the point nice. where you were really good at controlling the pod racer, and. Um, that that's important i think if you're gonna have a racing mm-hmm. game you need to make it so that you don't have rage quits because the controller wasn't working <laughs>
0: yeah yeah for sure nathan anything else uh, you wanted to add about um, what yeah what you look for in a good racing game
2: i i just don't want it to be super super hard so i much prefer arcadey games and race are um you know pre- relatively feels good to control but pretty easy yeah. it's like mario and, kart type stuff yeah exactly or yeah yeah um like i point out before i'm not into like sim games like forza or mm-hmm. um anything like that
0: so well i remember you like the the sonic uh transform racing game as well like that was, yeah uh...
2: i i got that on wii u and i played it a ton i had a lot of fun with it and i was like oh my gosh this game is better than mario kart like it was the f- i enjoyed it a lot more than like mario kart wii and stuff like that oh, um wow. And so I remember being like, "Is Nintendo going to be able to top this?" And then they put out Mario Kart Eight, and I was like, yes. "Oh, okay, yes. The yes, answer is will. definitely yes." But uh, <laughs> that was a uh, that was a game that was a lot of fun because yeah. also you could play. There was like flying and boating and um, like the Racing car. Yeah, exactly. Yeah,
0: and Sega's been kind of teasing a new uh, racing uh, game. Uh, they're saying it's not a sequel, but uh, kind of looks like it might be something kind of like Sonic Transformed or maybe old Sonic R. Something like that, but uh, yeah, let us know on Twitter what is your uh, favorite racing game. We'd love to uh, chat with you about that. Did we uh, bring up any of your uh, favorite racing games here on the show? Um, if not, let us let us know on uh, Twitter. We love talking with you guys there. Um, so our third segment today, uh, we have some Nindy reviews. That's right. They are back, and uh, Nathan has been uh, playing Mulaka as well as the yeah. Trail. And I, I know we talked about it a little bit yesterday, but you've had a lot more time to play it today. Yeah. So, so
2: um, first off, I want to start saying Mulaka's on Nintendo Switch. I actually played it on PS4, um, so I didn't okay. play it on Switch. But just want to get that out of the way. Yeah. Um, it's it's multiplayer. So this isn't yeah.
1: technically an indie. This is more of an indie. Yeah. Yes. Indie. Indie yeah, review. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Um, but this game is made <laughs> by uh, Lienzo. Is the dev. The developer and they're they're based in northern Mexico, and the coolest thing about this game is this game is completely based on the culture of what is called the Terra hum- Humara tribe, um, and this is a real tribe that's located kind of in the northern desert um, of Mexico. Right? Yeah, of Mexico, um, and basically they brought in um, they talked with kind of the tribe's leaders, um, and then they brought in a couple of uh, cultural experts. Um, when they were designing the game. So they based, it's all set basically in a land inspired by um, Northern Mexico. And then they brought in all the, like the culture, like the ancient, I guess they, the tribe believes that like they had ancient God power. So you play as this uh, traveler and throughout the game, as you're going through, you gain um, a couple different uh, demigod powers. So you're able to transform into a Hawk and you're also able to transform into a snake. Um, to tra- traverse different areas yeah. of the levels and Dude, stuff like that. Dude, you love snakes. <laughs> uh, he's a cute snake though, so it's That's... it's not too bad.
0: Oh, okay. As long as it's a cute snake. Yes. It's like Snake Pass. The Snake adorable. Not, not way, as adorable it as the Snake and Snake Pass, I have to say. <laughs> um, yeah, I remember uh, when we played it in Indies. I flew around as the eagle, and it was cool. You could pretty much do it pretty much anytime you wanted, if I remember right. Yeah, back. you
2: can basically once you get the ability, um, you can do it anytime you want, and then. Um, but it's only you can only play it for a certain amount of time, and then as you continue gotcha. to play through the game, you upgrade it more and more so that so you can do it longer, yeah. So you can play it for uh, longer, okay. and that allows you to reach different areas and stuff. Yeah, but
1: well, that's that. a so wait. Good is way it an the... eagle or a hawk? Because you said a hawk, Nathan. You just said an eagle, Jeff.
2: I think it's an eagle, <laughs> yeah. Okay, okay, we'll go with the eagle. It's an eagle, eagle sounds cool. Um, because that so... sounds
1: more like Mexican culture because the, the snake being taken out by the eagle is on the flag oh, and everything, yeah, yeah.
2: Cool. yeah um yeah i think i meant to say eagle anyways okay, okay um but it's a it's a 3d action adventure game so basically you're set in this world it's not really open world in the sense where like you kind of go wherever and you can do whatever but it's like open world-ish like okay. you're kind of set out set on this path of where you're going but you you have freedom to go to like different areas to unlock things to progress further mm-hmm. in the game and stuff is like, there, that. like
0: quests or is it more just like you're following a waypoint um a story, there's not it's,
2: it's more you're following a waypoint like you'll it's not necessarily quests, but you'll get like a, you'll talk to someone and they say to go to this next area, you need to do like these two things, you need to go to this area and defeat this boss or gotcha. you need to go to this area and open up a new direction to go explore. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Um so, yeah, the just all of the different stuff like all of the enemies are based off of basically some of the old drawings um by by this tribe, um mm-hmm. which is really cool and then also the uh, the language um, spoken by the tribe uh, is actually featured in the game. Wow. And like the, there are sections where there's voice acting and they're saying it and stuff like so that. They, like, and it has English The actual
0: people from the tribe do voice acting. Yeah, do
2: for the voice game. acting for wow. the game. Oh, that's
0: kind of cool. That's dedication.
2: Yeah. That is. Um, so it's really cool. As far as the actual game itself goes, um, it's it's pretty fun. It's there's nothing like I guess groundbreaking in it. Um like it's a three D action adventure game. The combat is pretty good. It's um as you, you know, kind of fight more and more, you have to use dodge a lot so you dodge out of the way of your enemies' attacks and then that'll open them up and you attack. Um and but there's nothing like I guess super new or interesting that's going on in it. Is are there they are they... Uh, the uh it is featured pretty heavily, yeah. Like pretty much any area you go to mm-hmm. there'll be a certain set of enemies um you attack. There's also some cool bosses. Um, that you use like the transformations to to fight nice. the bosses and stuff like that oh okay that's which cool is, yeah that's good. um which is neat uh but i guess the one of the cons would be like just the controls and the overall tightness um kind of feel of the game like i found myself struggling a little bit with the controls where like oh i thought i thought i pushed like dodge or something like that and it would take like you could just feel a little bit of input lag or something like that, hmm. where you're like, Oh, I press that quite as responsive as you wanted. It, yeah. It wasn't quite yeah. as responsive as I wanted. It just felt a little bit janky, which they're no like volleyball. a very small indie team, which, so I can totally kind of understand and yeah. forgive well, a little making, bit like, of that. Like
0: a 3d like model, like kind of open Adventure game like this—that's kind of the big task for a small team. Yes, you know, exactly. Is, like yeah. it's a very yeah. So you can. When I, it sounds I, like they
1: spend a lot of time kind of working on the culture and the history and the story yeah, and like making more it more really authentic, yeah. Rather than focusing on the combat, which I I can respect, but it does make it a little bit more challenging to play the game when, you know, especially if it one of the major mechanics is dodging and it's not as responsive as yeah. you might like, it can make it a little bit more challenging to play through. Yeah, for sure.
2: Um, but it's, it's, I haven't finished it, um, yet, but excuse me. It's a lot of fun overall. Um, and this game is $20 right now. Um, I wish it was like 15 cause I think even just like $5 off would make it just mm-hmm. a little bit easier to say like, yeah, go buy that game. Um, oh, but okay. it's a lot of fun. I really respect the developers for what they've done with this tribe and I want to try and finish it. So
0: yeah, nice. really enjoyed. it. Awesome.
2: Cool. Uh, second game I want to talk about is, uh, the trail final final frontier now this game is on switch uh this game is this game is developed by i forget what it is but it's peter molyneux company oh really um, new like yeah he oh, really started like back in 2012 yeah
0: like the the okay so the fable guy yeah Fable. Yes.
2: yes um Former right. head of Ever
0: Lionhead before, well, yep. while they were still still around. Yes. Um, well, I remember last week you uh, weren't hot on your early impressions. Yeah. yeah. and I,
2: I I have to confess I have only played it like maybe another thirty minutes since then. <laughs> oh, bad sign. The reason is because it's just not a fun game. Like the. <laughs> Let's get that out of the way. It, at the yeah. Okay. It's it's not. <laughs> The game is originally like the trail is on mobile. I looked on my phone. I downloaded it even on my phone to see how it played. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a mobile game. It's designed with that in mind. The Final Frontier is kind of a little bit different from the mobile game. It has, I think, okay. some new like you're traveling a different path and some new challenges and stuff okay. like that. But, so it's kind of like a
0: deluxe version of the mobile game. Yeah, I
2: think so. Um, but basically, the gameplay is you start out as this traveler, kind of settler, I think, traveling down the trail, and as you walk down this trail. You go straight. You can't, like, choose to go back or anything like that. You just press forward, and then you, like, look around, and you see kind of little highlighted of items and stuff like that. And you press Y, and then you pick up these resources. Mm -hmm. And so there are things like uh, sticks and flowers and meat and different things. And then when you – usually that take each of those take about like anywhere between like 30 seconds to like a, a minute and 30 seconds. And then you get to a campfire and then at that campfire, you can use those resources to craft um, web uh, tools. So tools um, like an ax, which allows you to cut down trees as you're traveling the trail or a slingshot or a bow and arrow um, and stuff like that. And so then if you craft those tools, it adds a little bit of a new dimension. Cause as you're traveling along, if you see a bunny rabbit, you can like tap it and then you, Pull the stick back and have a very rudimentary aiming system <laughs> to shoot at the Gosh. bunny rabbit, or so it's like a little mini game. Yes, it, yeah. Basically, it opens up a bunch of little mini games, like the hacking one. Basically, there's a, or the sorry, not the hacking one, the chopping one, um, the like axe chopping one, blood, uh, chopping wood. Yeah, oh, yeah you're chopping yeah. wood, and there's a line that goes up and down. And then you tap on it to stop it. Is there any touchscreen,
0: or is it just like tapping buttons? Uh, or...
2: it's you can play with the touchscreen, um, or button, So it's either okay. or. That's cool. Um, the buttons don't work very well like the we basically use the right stick to kind of look around your environment and it's like it's not very responsive it's very slow so it hmm. feels like it's not oh, gosh. really prioritized <laughs> for the switch um and then that's basically all you do um as you kind of go through is there like a story
0: that's interesting or anything no the
2: story is like this guide is like you're starting out on the trail and you're going forward and then <laughs>
0: See that trail? do walk Yeah, <laughs> they give you this
2: huge, like, kind of RPG skill tree. So if I wanted to say, like, the good things about it, there's, like, a pretty big skill tree that you can upgrade your character and unlock what do you upgrade? new tools you're, you're and walking. weapons. Um, it, like, opens you up. You now walk faster. Like, you can literally, like, you can efficiently, like, hunt more animals or chop more trees and stuff like that. So there's a progression, but, like, um, the other thing is, like, you need these resources to be able to craft different weapons and craft these things, and you can either, there's a little, like, trading game where you play online with other people. Oh, really? Yeah, and you have to, like, select, like, oh, the stick is really valuable right now, so I'm going to put all my sticks in, and then it calculates whoever puts the most sticks in, they get the most money. Hmm. <laughs> um, it's not a very, it's That's kind weird. of not a very fun mini game. That's either. a
1: really weird system. Yeah, so, uh... So... It sounds like
2: a skit. Yeah, no, Is I would not say version? you should buy this game. Um, on mobile, I guess I could see it could be kind of addicting because you're just kind of slowly upgrading your character and stuff like that. So, it's And you can also, like, you know, obviously it's pay to basically, like, you can buy resources that oh, upgrades okay, your character okay. more quickly. So it's free to play. Like you it's free, yeah. To get all those stuff. Yes, yeah. yeah like, on my yeah. phone, it's free to play. Um, it's $15 yeah. on Switch. You can also, like, still open up a store and buy more resources, either with in-game currency Seriously? or real money. Yeah, um, like
0: they still have the microtransactions. They still have in microtransactions. A Fifteen dollar free to play game.
2: Yes, but you can also <laughs> use in-game currency to buy them as well. So it's That's
0: interesting. Yeah. All, All right.
1: right. Well, well, I think this maybe, is a, this is one of our first games where we've really said this is a bust. Do not buy.
2: Yeah. No. This is. This is a game I was, like, I went into it thinking, like, oh, maybe it's going to be, like, Oregon Trail. Like, I loved Oregon Trail yeah. back on the computer yeah, and stuff yeah. like that. That's and I was hoping like. for something like that. That's what the trailer kind of made me look like it. And so um, I want to say we got a free code for this game. So thank you to the developer for that. But I'm sorry I didn't really enjoy the game on Switch.
1: <laughs> so what is the name of the game again? Just so uh, our viewers. It's the
2: Trail Final Frontier. I think it's $15 on Switch. So, um, yeah, you can look up gameplay if you look up the gameplay video, kinda of see what you do throughout the whole game and then you'll be able to But I, I wouldn't go, recommend go that.
0: walk some trails and yep. hunt some yep. bunnies. It's there very you basic.
1: Go. Awesome. All right.
0: Well, we always like to leave you with what we are playing this week. Um I am here back to report uh, Lego Marvel picked up last week. I just started it and uh I will say it was very hard to get through the second level of this game and it's very sad to report, but uh thought it'd be a fun co-op game to play with my wife and i have the level she's like can we just be done this is this is not fun this is confusing this is i'm just like can we just finish the level so i don't have to play through it again yeah yeah i don't know it was just very not good the voice acting is really bad and like usually Lego games do a decent job at the voice acting like yeah there's always a couple bad eggs but i feel like almost every character even like like, Spider-Man sounded fine in the last one, but they got a new voice actor for Spider-Man, I think, because they wanted him to sound more like Tom Holland, like the MCU one, but yeah. he just sounds terrible, and, like, all the other <laughs> characters sound very, very bad, but I don't know. It, I, like I said, I'm still early. I haven't really gotten to the open world part yet, which is what I really liked from the last last Lego Marvel game, so I think I'm going to give it a couple more shots. Story is pretty interesting. Like, being a big Marvel fan, they do some cool stuff with King the Conqueror and having some alternate... Mention characters but yeah this is definitely a game i think i'm probably will regret buying at $12 which says a lot <laughs> yeah triple a AAA game that's uh disappointing was, uh, to hear. Yeah. i was listening
1: last week to the show and you guys were talking about like oh yeah we got it for 12 bucks i was like i think i've seen it for like six bucks or five bucks <laughs> on steam and even yeah, yeah. then i've been like i don't know if i'd pay that much for it
0: yeah it's <laughs> I mean, at this point, the LEGO formula is just so old and tired. Like, they need to they need to come up with a new way of making these LEGO games because they're all just pretty much the same. You know, walk around the area, beat up some little bad guys, hit a switch to open a door, or rinse and repeat. Like, it's very, yeah. very, basic for the most part. So, yeah. Um, well, did you play
2: out. the uh, Force Awakens LEGO game?
0: I did. I played about a quarter of it, and then it kept crashing on the Rathnar level like five times, and so okay. I gave up. I
2: played <laughs> – uh, I think I played – Mm, yeah, probably about a qu- like similar, um, but I thought that game actually did a pretty good job of introducing some new mechanics yeah, there, for the like, Lego. like it was things. it was different enough from some of the other you LEGO could games, fly so like that ship and
0: some other stuff which was yeah. definitely cool. I, th- I was very hopeful after that, and then yeah. you get Lego Marvel Two, which is like worse than the first Lego Marvel game. So that is kind of a sad, uh, sad effect. But, anyways, um, I did play two really good games this week as well. <laughs> uh, I got. Back into Celeste again, I finished the main game. It took me about seven hours. I posted on Twitter, I think I had about 900 deaths or something like that. Oh, which wow. shows you, you know, it's pretty difficult. But at the same time, that's collectively, and I went for pretty much every collectible that I saw. And so, like, if I would have just gone for just beating level, that number probably would have been half of the amount of deaths. Mm-hmm. So um, I didn't really feel like it was too hard. Like, it really teaches you the mechanics of the game very, very well, and it just really really solid design and the final level of the game has you going through basically little snippets of basically similar areas that you've gone through so it kind of challenges all the techniques you've used throughout the game in the final challenge and then kind of like Mario Odyssey the real game kind of begins after you beat it because you have all the extra collectibles to collect you unlock B sides of each world which is essentially a very very expert difficulty version of that same area and so like it's so much fun going back and like, it doesn't feel too much harder. Like it feels pretty much the same difficulty as when I first did it. Just I've gotten so much better and I've learned the techniques and how the game works that it really scales perfectly to what I was hoping for to happen in the post game. So just really, really love this game. If you like platformers at all, um, this is definitely a game you need to check out the music. It's amazing. And it has a really good story about like self doubt and anxiety and depression. Like, told in a really really smart and interesting way like you know we were talking to nathan earlier you you, you said something about like games like this don't normally have good stories yeah like platformers aren't
2: known for their for their storytelling
0: platformers
1: like this you know you talk about 900 deaths it sounds more like super meat boy where it's just really ridiculous and dumb you just die over and over and over again but the fact that it tackles so many different tough issues is awesome at
0: first glance it may look kind of like a super meat boy or something like that but there's a lot of depth to this game and like good heartfelt storytelling that i was like i just was so impressed this was made by like six people like this yeah. is just a really well-made game and there's even you unlock basically the original basically beta version of the game um inside of the game so like the original flash game this team made like three years ago is kind of a proof of concept you can play that inside the game as well which is kind of a cool that's little awesome. easter egg as well oh so, that's cool so yeah there's definitely lot lots of cool stuff in this game and i'm I've almost unlocked kind of the extra core worlds um, that you beat after getting the game. I just have to get one more like challenge heart. So, Oh, and I won't spoil it, but there was an amazing super Mario Bros three secret Easter egg reference in there that just made me so happy. So <laughs> that being like my favorite game of all time, I'm like, really? Like they made this game took so much inspiration from Mario Bros three, but to put like a really cool Easter egg in there too was, was awesome. So, Definitely check it out. It's twenty bucks. Totally worth the price. I've already put like nine hours into this game, and I will continue to play. And probably get almost all the collectibles just because I love it so much. So nice, um, Celeste. Awesome game. And then Nathan, I've been playing Burnout a lot.
2: Um, yeah, it's uh, so it's Burnout
0: Remastered. Burnout Paradise. Burnout Paradise mm-hmm. Remastered. It's just the last um, Burnout game that came out.
2: Two thousand eight. so yeah. it's been ten years. Ten years. Um, which yeah, is insane. That's crazy. We haven't
0: had a Burnout game in ten years. I hope this sells well, so that EA makes a new one or something like that
2: yeah that would be that would be great. It just came out this last weekend um and actually already went on sale for ten dollars like it came yeah, out oh, forty dollars <laughs> and then and I'm, two days later two days later, I was like on gamestop and like thirty dollars, and then I saw it was on Amazon for thirty dollars dollars as well so uh you know it's relatively inexpensive if you want to pick it up um yeah. I've never actually played it before. Jeff, I know you played a lot on 360, yeah. but I, I've never actually played it before. So I've been really enjoying just basically... It's really different from any other racing game because it just sets you in this world, and then all of the races and challenges and stuff like that are all set in this area. And so you're not racing on a closed-circuit track, basically, mm-hmm. but you can kind of choose different ways right you want to go. And there's all there's tons and tons of secrets and different, different ways to go. Um, yeah, and there's paths. over like...
0: 400 different little, like, secret gate paths to Smash. There's, I think, over 100 billboards scattered throughout this, this place, so you might see it, but you have to, like, find, like, a alternate roof that you have to, like, climb onto with your car somehow, then go off a jump really fast to, like, be able to hit it. Yeah. And then this also comes packaged with all the DLC as well, so there's a whole new, like, Surf Island area that I had never played before, even though I'd pretty much done everything in this game, mm-hmm. in the base game. So it's nice to kind of have all that extra features in DLC because... I mean when you think back to it, this was when D L C was still kind of an early thing, ten yeah. years ago. Yep. So I, yeah. I never I never got it. But uh yeah, it's nice nice to have all the D L C the game looks fine. Like it looks like a it general looks, game it kind looks of, but... Kind
2: of it looks pretty I thought I was impressed. Like I thought it looked pretty good. It didn't look I expected it to look a little worse. Um, oh, nice. like yeah, I think it looks like a perfectly passable PS4 game. You can tell it didn't come out this year because yeah. some of the other really, really good-looking games are um, coming out the last photo year. It's not photorealistic,
0: exactly. but I don't think Burnout was ever meant to be a realistic game against <laughs> no. well, It's, it's hard to compare um, to It's really hard to compare to games
1: nowadays because games nowadays, you look at, like, Horizon Zero Dawn and you practically, like, sometimes you go, am I watching a movie or am (laughs) I actually watching, is this a game? Yeah. You know, and so, like, to say that a game that came out in 2008 has been remastered for PS4, it's probably not going to look as great on, like, 4K, HDMI, 80 frames. I will say it is...
0: It is in four K. I've been playing on my PS four pro. Or ten p It does run in four K and it does have sixty frames per second, so it runs super smoothly and it runs finally, it looks, you know, good and stuff, but um, yeah, it's definitely not yeah. like they didn't like not remake the whole game like Shadow Colossus. Yeah. Like Ratchet yeah Clank. exactly. Like, it was pretty much a straight port that they just uprezzed and stuff.
2: Um, I guess one of the only negatives is like you can kinda tell it's a ten year old game because you look for things like, Oh, I wanna just warp back here um like i don't think you can uh auto fast travel fast travel, fast travel. Right. yeah you can't there's no yeah. fast traveling or if you anything want to like do
0: a that. challenge on the other side of the map you have to like spend seven minutes driving driving over, over there. there by the time you or, get over there you've wasted 20 minutes doing other things and getting distracted yeah or like yeah. if
2: i'm doing a race and i like mess up or want to restart or something like that i can't there's not like a i just want to press start and restart my current race i have to like drive back to the beginning and then restart which is kind of kind of annoying but
0: yeah and we did a little bit of the online together and we kinda it was fun to kind of free roam, just kinda mess around, but starting like online races and like challenges with each other was kind of hard to do. Like it that system it's a little, showed its age as well. Yeah, it's not
2: very intuitive.
0: Yeah, the invite system is kinda weird and like it took like a minute to like just load like start a race between the two of us when we're like already were in a game together. So um so yeah, some parts kind of so show, show its age, but if you never played this game and you can find it for thirty bucks um, this is kind of like the best arcade racer on PS4. Yeah, I think way, that so. that says a lot yeah. about
2: how there's been a lot of good sim racing games recently, but there haven't been a lot of arcade racing games on yeah, totally. on the new generation, which is kind of sad. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it's a good one so to pick you, up.
0: If you're looking for a good arcade racer, this is definitely one that scratches that itch. And, you know, if you're like Nathan, too, and you never played it, like, it's totally, I think, uh, worth checking out. Yeah. So fun yeah. game. Uh, Rob, what have you been playing? All right. So it's been a couple of weeks. Uh since i've been on here you
2: get like seven games
0: (laughs) but
1: no i've been playing mostly kind of really consistently last few weeks i played a lot of assassin's creed origins um probably put another like 15 hours into it or something like that so okay okay
2: so i'm gonna stop you right there rob okay give me like what you're kind of You've played this game a fair amount now. What are kind of your broad impressions? Because this game is really different from a lot of other Assassin's Creed games. Do you like the direction, the way the series has gone, the directions it takes? Uh, What are kind of your overall impressions on it?
1: What I've found is I like the combat better than pretty much any other Assassin's Creed game I've played. Um, Mostly because it's not the parry... Stab, yeah. parry, stab. More you actually exciting, have to like you actually have to approach combat a little bit differently, a little bit more naturally. And I like that. And I like how I can just kind of if the guys are a little bit lower level, I can just run in and just wreck them and they don't even stand a chance. And you know, so combat's really satisfying, it's really fun. It actually gives me a challenge because I've been playing against some of the uh Felix, Phalanx guys. Mm -hmm. The super hard, uh, like, bounty hunter guys who, when they find you, they will, like, mess you up. (laughs) And I've killed a couple of them. But it took a lot of work. Like, I had to really think through some strategies and, like, use arrows strategically and all this stuff. And I really like that. Um, As far as the world is concerned, I love how big it is and how much there is to explore. But sometimes it feels a little overwhelming. Um, I, like really big RPGs. I love RPGs. I love open worlds. Sometimes it feels like there's just too much going on. Um, Because pretty much everywhere you go, little question marks pop up, and half the time they're like, there's a king hippo. Kill the king hippo. I'm like, I don't want to kill a king hippo. I want to (laughs) go do something else. And, like, it's cool to explore the, the whole... Some of the... I've been exploring the pyramids lately... Yeah, no, that's that's my favorite so part of the game. So diving into some characters. of those tombs and some of that stuff has just been super cool. And I'm really liking the story particularly. I like the characters. Um, Bayak's pretty cool. Um, and especially since I discovered that you can give him his beard and his hair back. Yes. So
2: <laughs> I like that it's like not too. I feel like a lot of the other Assassin's Creed games kind of the stories got so, so complicated. And I like that this one is a little more straightforward and, and
1: yeah so far i haven't found kind of any complication to it and, i mean there's been some twists uh, Yeah, there's some sure. pretty good one moments where i'm like oh my gosh that totally messed with my head you know and there's been some moments where you've done some things that like dive into like more of the egyptian mythology and mysticism and religion and all which have been really cool because <laughs> that's just a religion and mythos that i don't know as much about and so being able to do some of that's been really yeah. cool but overall my impressions of assassin's creed origins are overall positive I'm i am positive. doing something is very counter rob and ignoring a lot of the little <laughs> icons that pop up on my map and it's driving me <laughs> is insane this? This? <laughs> i mean but... the thing
2: is this assassin's creed game is just so much bigger than any of the other ones yeah, so, yeah and i feel games like games i have to
1: too. kind of focus more towards like quests and particularly the main quests, I've been focusing a lot more towards the main quest and some of the side quests, just kind of doing them as they come into play or, you know, I run into them, but really trying to be smart about what I do has been the name of the game. Playing it more like you would Skyrim or The Witcher 3, like you can't do everything all at yeah. once. You just, yeah. you got to pace yourself. Otherwise you'll spend 4,400
0: hours and you'll be like, oh, there's a main quest in here. <laughs> Dude, I think you're still gonna be playing this game by like the end of the year. Like you I, are just putting so much time into it and there's so much to do, like I could totally see that happening.
1: Yeah, and I think what I'll do is I'll I'm gonna crank through the main story and then maybe go back and play a lot of the side stuff and kind of work through a lot of the progression exactly. things and, and that's last year. That's kind of the goal is just, you know, pick a little Assassin's Creed up here or there between other games and play a little game here and, you know, run around the desert, ride a camel.
0: Sweet. Nice. All right, well um, we kind of have to wrap up quickly here, Rob, so I'll give you one more minute to maybe shout out any other games you're playing.
1: Uh, so I've played a couple of my Steam library games. I know we've been going a little over here. Uh, I played Bioshock Infinite Burial at Sea, finished that uh, Episode 2 one. So I finished all the DLC to Bioshock Infinite. Um, played two other games, The Bridge and Broken Age. I only played about t- five minutes of Broken Age, and The Bridge was like a puzzle physics-based game, and I, I, was, I was playing it pretty for about an hour or two and then kind of just got yes. to the point where I was getting stuck and starting to look it up more than I was actually trying to figure it out and figure yeah. that was a good time to stop.
0: Yeah. Um, I, I do have a question for bees, you guys.
1: Though. Yeah. I do have a question for you guys just really quickly here at the end. Yeah. I've beaten two DLCs to games this year. And yes. I know in my original um, new year's resolution was to beat 12 games where do DLCs fall into that?
2: Uh, three DLCs. <laughs> yeah, two DLCs make one game. Well, okay, gonna- so I
1: finished. So between uh, Horizon Zero Dawn, the the Frozen Wilds, and Burial at Sea, which both of which I put in uh, ten to fifteen hours into
0: both. Yeah. Yep. That
2: that so, may, we'll we'll count that as one game.
0: Yeah, because right. I mean the main but game boom. Horizon takes like thirty hours, so if the DLC was about half that, at ten fifteen, I think it makes sense.
1: Yeah, I think I put way more than 30 into it. I think I put 80 hours into the whole <laughs> game. So,
0: Classic you know. Rob. Yeah, there you go. But All right. that's what I'm playing. Well, we will leave you guys with the Mute City theme by Ryo Nagamatsu from the uh, Mario Kart 8 soundtrack. Uh, enjoy, guys. And uh, as well, always, give us a follow on Twitter at thehatelessin underscore games. Have a great week. See ya. Peace.